Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 476. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about what caused all that volatility in October because the markets went crazy. They were up, they were down. We were 600 points here, 600 points less there. It was insane. So you might be wondering what caused all of that volatility. And I found a good article on Market Watch that had some good basics in it, and I want to give a little bit of commentary as we go along, but I will share this article with you. It was written by Mark DeCamber, and it was called, The Key Reasons Behind the Stock Market's Ugly October Fall. And the caption is, the Dow has lost around 2,140 points, or 8%, since its October 3rd all-time high as of Friday's close. And the article says, markets are falling fast, but why? A few short weeks ago, the Dow Industrials were on the verge of busting through another psychological milestone at 27,000. However, all that momentum has evaporated as a sweeping downturn grips financial markets, sending the Dow Jones Industrial Average tumbling more than 600 points on Wednesday and pushing the NASDAQ Composite Index into correction territory for the first time since February 11th, characterized as a drop of at least 10% from a recent peak. The Dow has shed about 2,140 points, or 8%, since an October 3rd peak as of Friday's close. The Dow and the S&P 500 index both wiped out all their hard-fought gains over the past 10 months to turn negative for 2018. The S&P 500 is down 0.6% year-to-date, while the Dow is off 0.1%. So what happened? And the first header says the return of volatility. Well, investors have grown all too comfortable with a market that has merely churned higher as it did in 2017, producing BAFO returns without a significant bump lower. Market pragmatists and technicians say those days were statistical anomalies to start and have come to a natural conclusion. And October, an already seasonally volatile month, has delivered the clearest sign so far that the old quiescent regime is over. Indeed, the S&P 500 has had 15 down days so far in October, representing the highest number of losing days for the broad market benchmark since October of 2018, when it fell 16 days, according to Dow Jones market data. Another down day for the month, and it will mark its highest number of down days since April of 1970. Wow. I want to pause there for a minute. Since April of 1970... That would be a 48-year record that it would mark the highest number of down days since April of 1970. You know, in a way, it's not that surprising because we had this amazing ride up in 2017, as he mentioned, 
and there really was no correction. In fact, if you remember last year, the volatility was so low that the volatility index or the VIX was under 10. I mean, that is incredibly low. It just means that there was near to no volatility. The market just kept rising, rising, rising. All the volatility was on the upside, but on the downside, there really wasn't any significant pullback. And it was very difficult for people who wanted to get into the market that weren't already in because there were no down days to do any buying. So you just had to jump in and hope that the market kept going up and it did keep going up. So now we're getting that pullback, the correction we've been looking for. It's normal to have corrections every six years, about a 10%, every 11 years, about a 20% correction. It's normal to have those pullbacks and it's healthy because you need to have that fear in the marketplace. A bull market climbs a wall of worry. That means it doesn't just keep going up and everything's great and it's so easy. You have to be a little bit scared and it's going up. And that means that volatility has to be existent in the market. At least that's how it's been my whole entire life of investing. The next part of the article has the headline, a breakdown in support levels. Last Wednesday's losses, a particularly troublesome downturn, gained steam partly because the market has had difficulty finding support or buyers that might step in to stem a fall. And selling that had already eroded certain levels throughout the month in financial markets, like cutting away strands from a bridge of ropes, has made the markets more vulnerable to succumbing to subsequent downturns. Quote, the market sell-off has taken on a life of its own and selling is begetting more selling. But so far, we haven't seen a capitulation moment. So I'm taking a more cautious approach, said Chris Zuccarelli, Chief Investment Officer at Independent Advisor Alliance. Capitulation refers to the point at which market optimists succumb to fears and sell their holdings as stocks convulse lower. Earlier in the year and last year, investors supported equities by buying dips. Now that strategy has given way to more cautious investing as declines since early October have picked up. On Friday, the CBOE Volatility Index, or VIX, a fear gauge as it is often called, closed at 24.16 but touched its highest intraday level at 27.52 in about two weeks, gaining 21% during the week. And there's a chart there that shows it. And I'll include this article in my show notes so you can click over and take a look at the chart. It goes on to say the VIX tends to fall when stocks rise and vice versa because it measures how much traders will pay for protective options on the S&P 500 in the coming 30 days. A reading of 25 is well above the index's normal average of around 20 and above its average this year. Moreover, the VIX has climbed 100% so far in October alone. That means investors have been steadily paying for protection from a coming market downturn. However, that VIX level may not mean that the selling is done. Quote, currently the VIX is around 25, which is elevated from where we were earlier this month and well above this year's average, but it isn't enough for me to feel confident we've hit bottom in the S&P, said Zeccarelli, referring to Wednesday's climb to 25. The source of all this stock market angst is manifold. MarketWatch has previously outlined many reasons for worry, but it bears repeating. The overarching theme is that investors are concerned about slowing growth here and abroad and the impact of tariff clashes between the US and China. Then the market lists 20 bullet points for potential reasons why there could be 
fear or discomfort in the market. But you know what? I really agree with the last one. And the last one is a weak earnings outlook because ultimately the stock market is driven by earnings. And if earnings are coming in less than expected and not meeting expectations, then you have stock prices breaking down. And that is in fact what happened with Amazon last week where it did not meet what was forecasted. And so the stock is off 15% from its all-time high when it reached a peak valuation of a trillion dollars. So now it's down about 15% from there. This would be a good time to pause and tell business professionals who are listening that when it comes to marketing your business, it's all about reaching the right audience at the right time and connecting with them when your message will resonate the most. So if you wanna target your customers where they are engaging every day and when they are ready to make a decision, LinkedIn can help you. You know, LinkedIn is amazing. It's the world's largest professional network. And you can not only find new customers there, but also build long-term relationships with your customers there. Relationships that often translate into high quality leads, website traffic, and higher brand awareness. But you need to find that right audience first. And at LinkedIn, with over 575 million professionals, you have access to people that you can search for and get very specific and target your exact customers with precision, down to their job title, their company name, and their industry. What you might not know is four out of five customers who are on LinkedIn are decision makers at their companies. So you're building relationships and trust with your potential customers. To redeem a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit and launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com wealthy. That's linkedin.com W-E-A-L-T-H-Y wealthy for your free $100 ad credit. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to our podcast. I really think the stock market in general is all about profitability and earnings. And I think the tax reduction on business really helped propel earnings higher. And that's what we saw in the last year. A lot of that was anticipated in. And so we saw the stock market go up and up and up. And this year, it's already baked into the cake. And now interest rates have gone up, the market's slowing a little bit, the housing market is really falling off a cliff in terms of new construction. Those new home builder stocks are literally falling off a cliff. That could be showing a weakness that the economy is turning downward, that we could be headed toward recession. And that's something that we have to keep an eye on. The next heading in the article is the earnings conundrum. And it says, problems in the stock market come as earnings have thus far been stellar, reflecting strength in the domestic economy. But any weak outlook from corporate executives and any sign of underperformance has been punished, while outperformance at times has been, well, punished too. Of the 240 companies in the S&P 500 that have reported third quarter results this year as of Friday, 78.3% posted earnings per share that were above Wall Street expectations. That compares with an average of 64% of companies beating earnings per share expectations and 77% over the past four quarters, according to IBES data from Refinitiv. Still, investors have been haunted by signs of stagnation while chipmakers like Texas Instruments notably projecting weaker than expected sales, citing the China trade spat. There is worry that peak earnings may have already arrived for many companies. 
quote, I think profit growth has topped out and will definitely slow going forward, contributing to the next recession, likely early in the next decade, Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics, said in one recent MarketWatch article. Historically, profit growth peaks approximately two years prior to downturns, end quote. Worth noting, revenue expectations haven't been as dazzling as earnings outperformance. According to IBES data from Refinitiv, 57.9% of companies have reported third quarter revenue above analyst expectations, which falls below the long-term average of 60% and below the average over the past four quarters of 73%. The next subheading is bull or bear market. The setup in the markets has created a broader conundrum for market participants. Is this a downturn like one that routed stocks in early February and dragged the S&P 500 and the Dow into correction territory? Or is this something more pernicious, like a bear market, where stocks fall at least 20% from a peak? Quote, right now I'm racking my brain trying to figure out why my bottom spotting indicators, normally very good, are not working right now. If this is a bear market, it would make sense because they can fail in a generally bearish environment, wrote independent market analyst Stephen Todd in a Wednesday financial note. Todd concludes that the market may simply be oversold and that the fundamentals of the market remain intact. Art Hogan, chief market strategist at B. Riley FBR, Inc., said valuations remain attractive and the current downturn may amount to a garden variety correction. Quote, good news in my mind is valuations have become much more attractive here with the S&P 500 trading at about 15 times next year's estimates, Hogan said. Current earnings look great. The yield on the U.S. 10-year has settled down from its earlier explosive 20 basis point pop. Economic data continues to show no sign of a pending recession, and recessions are what kill bull markets. We are in a correction, in a long-term bull, driven more by uncertainty over China and trade than rising interest rates, he said. End of article. So there you have it. The correction looks like a garden variety one to many experts. In fact, my charts are showing that we may be bottoming in this correction right here. We're a bit oversold and the MACD looks like it's hitting bottom, which is just investment lingo. That means on a chart, it looks like we've pretty much hit bottom and we're ready to turn the other way and head back up again, at least for a little while. So I think we were probably going to experience a bounce here. We'll take a look and see what happens and we'll see if we don't get that dead cat bounce. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and you'll be updated as soon as new podcasts available. And if we aren't connected on Instagram, head on over to instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones. I give daily wealth tips twice a day to get you to financial freedom faster. And check out my new book, You're Already a Wealth Heiress, Now Think and Act Like One, Six Practical Steps to Make It a Reality Now. The reviews are amazing. If you look on Amazon, we've got 25 five-star reviews. Thank you so much for that. And uh, some of those are amazing, what people have said and how it's helped them. We also have the book now available on the amazon.co.uk website for anyone who is in international markets. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.